Welcome to Zichur Daf Simanim Abraham Ram Goldrei, and today we're Baba Kama Daf Ein Gimel, the seventh parak Meruba. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara suggests that Tanaim dispute when an eight zomim is disqualified. Abraisa says that if Adim testified that someone stole an animal and shechted it, and were found zomim about the shechita, the Tanakama says the thief pays kefal, and the Adim pay the remaining threefold payment. Riosi differentiates between two sets of Adim and one set. And the Gemara explains he actually means a single set of Adim and is saying that if the two testimonies were given at different times, he agrees with the Tanakhama, but if they were given by Bas Aches at one time, he rules the Edush of Batamiksasa testimony which became partially invalidated, is completely invalidated. The Gemara assumes all agree, one statement made after another, within the time required for an utterance, is considered part of the same utterance, rendering these two testimonies as one. The Rabban hold the Zomi are disqualified from when they're discredited, so their aidus of the theft remains valid, and Rabbi Yossi holds they're disqualified retroactively, so they were invalid aiding at the time of the theft testimony. Point number two, the Gemara responds that everyone may agree that an aid zomim is disqualified retroactively. The Rabban hold tochedei dibor is not kedibor, so although their second edus was invalidated, the first remains. Rabbi Yossi holds tochedei dibor kedibor, so the first testimony is also invalidated. This contradicts another statement of Rabbi Yossi. He said that if one declares an animal, Tumur's Ola, Tumur Shlamim, a substitute for an Ola, a substitute for a Shlamim, both designations take effect. However, if he said Tumur's Ola and reconsidered and said Tumur Shlamim, it is only a Tumur's Ola. Because this seems obvious, Rabbi explained the case was where he reconsidered Tokadi Dibur, and Rabbi Yossi rules that it is not considered part of the same Dibur. The more answers that there are two time frames of Tokadi Dibur. Number one, Kadesha Eilas Talmud Rav. Enough time for a student to greet a teacher, which is Shomalecha Rebbe Umori. Rabbi Yossi does not hold this time frame joins two statements into one. And number two, Kadesha Eilas Rav Talmud. Enough time for a teacher to greet a student, which is merely Shomalecha. Rabbi Yossi considers this time frame one Dibur. And pointing with you, Rav has said that if Adim testified that someone incurred the death penalty and he was found guilty, then they were contradicted by other Adim, rendering their Adis ineffective, and later they were found Zomamim, they're killed. Although their Adis was contradicted before they were found Zomamim, contradiction is the beginning of Hazama, but the process was not completed. Rava brought support from Abraisa discussing Adim who testified that someone blinded a slave and then knocked out his tooth, which would free the slave and obligate the master to pay for his tooth, and they were found Zomamim, they paid the slave for his eye. The Rav explains the cases where Adim first testified that the master damaged his tooth and then his eye, which would award the slave the higher payment for his eye. Then a second pair contradicted them, saying the reverse took place, reducing the payment to that of a tooth, and the second pair was found zomim. Since the second pair was immediately contradicted by the first, and they still must pay the slave for his eye, this proves hachasha tchilosazama. Abaya rejects this proof, explaining that the case can be where a second pair of witnesses simultaneously contradicted and also rendered the first pair zomim. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara suggests that Tanaim dispute when an aid zomim is disqualified. Abraisa says that if Adim testified that someone stole an animal and shechted it and were found zomim about the shechita, the Tanakhama says the thief pays kefal and the Adim pay the remaining threefold payment. Riosi differentiates between two sets of Adim and one set. And the word explains he actually means a single set of Adim, and is saying that if the two testimonies were given at different times, he agrees with the Tanakhama, but if they were given by Bas Aches at one time, he rules the Edush of Batamiksasa Batakula, testimony which became partially invalidated, is completely invalidated. 
The Gemara assumes all agree, one statement made after another within the time required for an utterance is considered part of the same utterance, rendering these two testimonies as one. The Rabbanu hold the Zomi are disqualified from when they're discredited, so their aidus of the theft remains valid, and Rabbi Yossi holds they're disqualified retroactively, so they were invalid aiding at the time of the theft testimony. Point number two, the Gemara responds that everyone may agree that an aid zomim is disqualified retroactively. The Rabban hold tochede dibor is not kedibor, so although their second edus was invalidated, the first remains. Rabbi Yossi holds tochede dibor kedibor, so the first testimony is also invalidated. The Gemara says this contradicts another statement of Rabbi Yossi. He said that if one declares an animal, tumor is ola, tumor is shlamim, a substitute for an ola, a substitute for a shlamim, both designations take effect. However, if he said Tamuras Ola and reconsidered and said Tamuras Shlamim, it is only a Tamuras Ola. Because this seems obvious, Rapapa explained the case was where he reconsidered Tokade Dibur, and Rabiosi rules that it is not considered part of the same Dibur. The more answers that there are two time frames of Tokade Dibur. Number one, Kadesha Elis Talmud Larav, enough time for a student to greet a teacher, which is Shamalecha Rebbe Umori. Rabiosi does not hold this time frame joins two statements into one. And number two, Kadesh Shehot's Rav Talmud, enough time for a teacher to greet a student, which is merely Shamalecha. Rav Yossi considers this time frame one Dibur. And pointing with you, Rav has said that if Aiden testified that someone incurred the death penalty and he was found guilty, then they were contradicted by other Aiden, rendering their Aidus ineffective, and later they were found Zomamim, they're killed. Although their Aidus was contradicted before they were found Zomamim, Contradiction is the beginning of Hazama, but the process was not completed. Rava brought support from Abraisa discussing Adim who testified that someone blinded a slave and then knocked out his tooth, which would free the slave and obligate the master to pay for his tooth, and they were found zomim. They pay the slave for his eye. The Rav explains the cases where Adim first testified that the master damaged his tooth and then his eye, which would award the slave the higher payment for his eye. Then a second pair contradicted them, saying the reverse took place, reducing the payment to that of a tooth, and the second pair was found zomim. Since the second pair was immediately contradicted by the first, and they still must pay the slave for his eye, this proves hachasha tchilosazama. Abaya rejects this proof, explaining that the case can be where a second pair of witnesses simultaneously contradicted and also rendered the first pair zomim. All right, so now we go to our Simmerdaf Ein Gemo, and this is suggested to us by Charlie Myers from, from Scottsdale, Arizona. He suggested that Ein Gemo is a giant ostrich egg, a giant ostrich egg. So here goes. The giant ostrich egg timer that was used to determine if the Adim who were found to be zoning that a thief shechted a sheep testified Tokade Dibur of their first testifying that he stole it had two settings, Shomolecha Rebbe Umori and the shorter Shomolecha and had a warning to all Adim inscribed on it that said Hachasha Tchilosazamahi. Once again, it's slow motion. The giant ostrich egg timer, giant ostrich egg, that must be enough. Ein Gimel egg. The giant ostrich egg timer that was used to determine if the aiding were found to be zoning that a thief shechted a sheep testified tochede dibur of the first testifying that he stole it, which reminds us more brings the Malchuk about two testimonies given within tochede dibur and the second aid is huzam. So the giant ostrich egg timer that was used to determine if the aiding were found to be zoning that a thief shechted a sheep testified tochede dibur of the first testifying that he stole it had two settings, Shomolecha Rebbe Umori, and the shorter, Shomolecha, which reminds us, the more it explains that there are two time frames for Tokade Dibur. Number one, Kadei She'el is Talmud Rav. Enough time for a student to greet a teacher, which is Shomolecha Rebbe Umori. 
Rabbi Yossi does not hold this time frame joins two statements into one. And number two, Kadei Shelo Sarabu Talmud, enough time for a teacher to greet a student, which is merely Shomolecha. Rabbi Yossi considers this time frame one Dibur. So, the giant ostrich egg timer that was used to determine if the Edim were found to be zoning that a thief shechted a sheep, testified Tochkede Dibur of their first testifying that he stole it, had two settings, Shomolecha Rebbe Amori and the shorter Shomolecha, and had a warning to all Edim inscribed on it that said, Hachasha Tchilas Hazamehi, which reminds us, Rav said that if Edim testified that someone incurred the death penalty and he was found guilty, then they were contradicted by other Edim, rendering their Edus ineffective, and later they were found Zomim, they're killed. Although their Edus was contradicted before they were found Zomim, Hachasha Tchilas Hazamehi, contradiction is the beginning of Hazama, Elish Enigma, but the process was not completed. So once again, the giant ostrich egg timer that was used to determine if the Edim were found to be zoning that a thief shechted a sheep, testified Tokadi Dibur of their first testifying that he stole it, had two settings, Shomolecha Rebbe Amori and the shorter Shalom Olecha, and had a warning to all Edim inscribed on it that said, Hachasha Tchilas Hazamehi. All right, so now it's time for four blabach Chazar. Dav Samachtes. So the similar Dav Samachtes is soot, and we often use a chimney sweep. So here goes. That's new one who set aside money to redeem the camera of I. That the chimney sweeps covered in soot. Chimney sweeps. Soot. That must be more of Samachtes. That's new one who set aside money to redeem the camera of I. That the chimney sweeps covered in soot. Improperly took, which reminds us, the mission teaches that the snooing discreet ones would ensure that one taking their produce would not transgress camera by sending signed money and declaring, whatever was picked from this vineyard shall be rendered chulan on this money. So the snooing who set aside money to redeem the camera vi, that the chimney sweeps covered in soot, improperly took, were surprised to learn that a thief who stole their set of musses for him from the thief who originally stole from them did not have to pay them kefal since it wasn't considered. In their Rishos, which reminds us, Rabbi Yochan ruled like a Mishan Daf Samach Beis Amma Beis, which taught that one who steals from a thief does not pay Kefal. He doesn't pay Kefal to the first thief because the Torah says Kefal is paid for stealing Mibesa Ish from the man's house, implying, but not from the thief's house. But why does he not pay Kefal to the true owner? It must be Lefishayin Berushusu because it's not in his possession, meaning his ownership of the stolen goods is diminished. So that Snuin, who set aside money to redeem the camera of I, that the chimney sweeps covered in soot, Improperly took. We're surprised to learn that a thief who stole their set of musses farm from the thief who originally stole it from them did not have to pay them cable since it wasn't considered in their rishus. Given the fact that they just learned that Meister Shani, which is Mamun Gavoa, can be redeemed after it's stolen since it is considered in their rishus, which reminds us, Rav holds Meister Mamun Gavoa, Meister Shani is divine property, yet the Torah placed it in his possession regarding redemption because only the owner has an extra fifth when redeeming. The same applies to Kim Ravai, based on the Gezer Shava. Since the Torah considers him the owner of Kim Ravai regarding redemption, although it's not legally his, he can also redeem it after it's stolen from him. Daf Ein, so the similar Daf Ein is an eye doctor. So here goes. When the eye doctor, eye doctor, that must be on Daf Ein. While the eye doctor tested his patient's sight by having him read the letters in an orkasa, which is not valid, from Metatalin, which reminds us, the scars of Narada said, We do not write a power of attorney for movable items held by a third party. This is based on Rabbi Yochanan's principle that an owner cannot transfer items which are not in his possession. Other halachas of an urkasa are brought. So, while the eye doctor tested his patient's sight by having him read the letters in an urkasa, which is not valid 
for metatolin, and then see if he could spot the word davar between a picture of two adim testifying someone stole an animal and two adim who testified he shakted it, which reminds us the next mission states, Ganav al Pishnaim, if one stole an animal, according to the adus of two witnesses, and he shakted it or sold it according to their testimony or the testimony of two other witnesses, he pays dal behay. This seems to disagree with Rabbi Kiva. Abraisa teaches there were three separate pairs of witnesses each testify that a new occupant used a property for a different year. The testimonies are combined and the occupant is presumed the owner. Rabbi Kiva disagreed because the Torah says davar, witnesses establish a matter, bochatsi davar, but not a half matter. A testimony which cannot stand alone is unacceptable. So how then could separate witnesses testify to shechita, which is ineffective without testimony of the theft? Abai presents an answer. So while the eye doctor tested his patient's sight by having him read the letters in an urkasa, which is not valid, for metatholing, and then see if he could spot the word davar between a picture of two aiding testifying someone stole an animal, and two aiding who testified he shechted it. A patient waiting to be seen was engrossed in an article about the case of a man who bought a stolen sheep on Shabbos by letting the thief cut off a fig from his tree, which reminds us, the Mishnah taught that if one stole an animal and sold it on Shabbos, he pays all the hay. Abraisa says he's patra, and Rabbi Barachama explains this is where the buyer told the thief, cut off for yourself a fig from my tree, and your stolen item shall thereby be acquired by me. Since the thief affects the sale through a Shabbos violation, detaching a fig, he's exempt from Dal Vehe because of Kimoy Vidarabi Mineh. Daf Ainov. So the similar Daf Ainov is a donkey going E-R. So here goes. The donkey driver, donkey driver. That must mean we're on Daf Ainov. E-R. The donkey driver who saw that the thief who stole a sheep had a Shliach Shechtan on Shabbos obligating the thief to pay him Dal Vehe, which reminds us. In a Bryce, Rabbi Meir does obligate the thief Dal Vehe for Shechting on Shabbos, and the Gemara explains that Bryce's case is where he shechts it through another person. The Shulich receives the death penalty, and the thief pays Dal Vehe. The Gemara says that the thief should not pay Dal Vehe because ain't Shaliach Vera. Rabbi answers that Dal Vehe is an exception because the Torah compares selling the animal with Shechting it. Just as selling involves another person, the buyer, Shechting could also be done through a Shaliach. So the donkey driver who saw that the thief who stole his sheep had a shliach shechted on Shabbos, obligating the thief to pay him dollar the hay, prohibiting the sheep's meat to him and others forever, since it was Meisah Shabbos, and Shabbos is Kodesh, like Hagdish, which reminds us, although a mission teaches that if one shechs on Shabbos, the animal is permitted to eat, the abundant in a bright of Rabbi Yochanan Sandu, who said about an intentional shechit on Shabbos, it may never be eaten, neither by him, nor by others. This is because Shabbos is called Kodesh, comparing it to Hektish. Ma Kodesh Asur Bachila, just as Hektish is forbidden in consumption of my Shabbos Asur Bachila, so too the products of a Shabbos violation are forbidden in consumption. So the donkey driver who saw that the thief who stole a sheep had a Shiliach Shechtan on Shabbos, obligating the thief to pay him Dal the hay, prohibiting the sheep's meat him and others forever, since it was my Shabbos and Shabbos is Kodesh like Hektish was comforted knowing he had at least received five half-cattle from a thief who stole his ox and shackled it and only admitted what he had done to his partner, which reminds us, Rava asked Rav Nachman, Ganav shor shal shnei shutafin if one stole an ox of two partners and shackled it, behodel echomehen, and admitted his liability to one of them, exempting himself from paying the knas of Dalvehei to that partner, does he pay Dalvehei of the other partner's share if witnesses later testify to his guilt? Do we say, the Torah said he must pay five cattle, and this implies but not five half cattle. Or do we say that five half cattle are included in the Torah's penalty? 
He responded that one does not pay five half cattle, but later retracted and said that one does pay five half cattle to that partner. Daf Ein Base. So the symbol Daf Ein Base is a thick piece of birthday cake. So here it goes. The thief stole the long knife that was meant to cut the thick birthday cake. Thick birthday cake? That must be more on Daf Ein Base. Of. The thief stole the long knife that was meant to cut the thick birthday cake to shech the stolen sheep and the azara from beginning to end, which reminds us more discusses whether Engla shechita el basov or mitchila v'adsov regarding doing shechita of chulun in the azara. So the thief stole the long knife that was meant to cut the thick birthday cake to shech the stolen sheep and the azara from beginning to end, while the children played spot the Adam's omen game, trying to detect whether it was the kids who testified they saw the birthday boy steal, or the kids who testified they saw him do the shechita, which reminds us. The next Mishnah states, Ganabal Pishnaim, if one stole an animal according to the testimony of two Adim, but Tabuk Machra Pian, and he shacked it or sold it according to their testimony, and they were found to be Zomi, meaning other witnesses testified that they were elsewhere at that time, they pay everything, the entire Dalvahay. If the Shkitar cell was established by different Adim and all were found Zomim, the first pair pays Kefal and the second pair pays the remaining threefold for an ox. If only the latter pair was found Zomim, the remaining testimony stating that he only stole it, the thief pays Kefal and the Zomim pay the remaining threefold. So the thief stole the long knife that was meant to cut the thick birthday cake to shech the stolen sheep and the azara from beginning to end, while the children played spot the Adim Zomim game, trying to detect whether it was the kids who testified they saw the birthday boy steal or the kids who testified they saw him do the Shkita. As the kid who was already out as an aid zomim was told, Lemafreya, who needs which reminds us, Amarim dispute when an aid found to be an aid zomim is disqualified for subsequent testimonies. Abai says, Lemafreya, who needs he's disqualified retroactively from the moment of testimony, and any testimonies afterwards are disqualified, because from the moment he testified, he became a Russia, and the Torah disqualifies a Russia's testimony. Rava says, He's only disqualified from now onward, because the discrediting of an Eid Zomim is a novelty, because the contradicting testimony is really two against two. Therefore, what reason do you see to heed these second Eidim discrediting the first? Heed the first Eidim who testified they were there. All right, so now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we have the testimony of stealing and subsequent selling and shechting? And we keep its position of Davar versus Chatsi Davar, that's on Dav. Ein. Good. Number two. Which duff do we have Mokok? It's about two testimonies given within Tochede Dibor. And the second one is Huzam. That's on duff. Ein Gimel. Good. Number three. Which of the one about a thief who steals from a thief does not pay Kefal to the original owner since it's not in his Rishus? That's on duff. Samach Tess. Good. Number four. Which duff do we learn? Hachasha Tchilos Hazamehi. That's on duff. Ayn Gimel. Good number five. Which stuff do you learn sources that Yehush is not Kona regarding Karbanas? That's on Dav. Samach Zayin. Good number six. Which stuff do we discuss whether an Eid Zomim is disqualified with Mafreya or Malkanu Lohaba? That's on Dav. Ayn Beis. Good number seven. Which stuff do you learn about one who sells a stolen animal before Yehush, whether he's high for Dal Hay? That's on Dav. Samaches. Good number eight. Which stuff do you Rav says that a gun of that steals from a gun of does pay kefal if it was stolen after the owner had yeush? That's on Duff. Samachzayin. Good number nine. Which stuff do you about two time frames for toch kadei dibor? That's on Duff. Ayin Gimel. Good number ten. Which stuff do we discuss doing shechita of chun in the azar and whether enel shechita elu besof or matchila besof? That's on Duff. 
Ayin Beis. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Goldharp from Zichur. Wishing you a great day and great learning.